Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Many of you probably remember the presidential physical fitness test that we had to take in PE class. In the beginning, it was a test that measured six different activities. Pull-ups for boys and modified pull-ups for girls. Sit-ups. A shuttle run. Standard broad jump. The 50-yard dash. And a softball throw for distance. Years later, a seventh activity was added. The 600-yard walk or run. In September of 2012, the testing program was changed to take into account the total health of a child, still including, though, their physical fitness. The test is now more comprehensive, but not nearly as competitive as the old one used to be. Now there are categories that are tested, such as flexibility or range of motion, which looks at shoulder stretching and other things. Another category is strength or endurance, which includes things like push-ups, arm hang, and bench press. Body composition is another category, where percent of body fat is measured and calculated, as well as a child's body mass index. The final category is aerobic function. This includes either a mile run or a walk, as well as walking or running laps around a track for 20 minutes, just to name a couple. As a former school teacher, I can remember hearing some of my students complaining about the long, boring walk that they had to take in their PE class. Some would even lament how tired they were or how much their feet hurt. Or the fact that they never really got to go anywhere. After all, they were being timed for a 20-minute walk, which seemed to take forever. And there wasn't a final destination to look forward to. It is one thing to walk around a track for 20 minutes, like the children in their PE class. But it is quite another to travel across the wilderness in order to arrive at a destination only to leave again and wander around a wasteland for 40 years. But that's exactly what the Israelites did. As they left Egypt and made their way to Mount Sinai, the plan was to continue on to the promised land. And they did. But when they sent 12 men out to spy the land of Canaan to see what their new homeland would be like and what would be required to occupy it, things took a dramatic turn for the worse. The spies returned and spoke highly of the land, but they were terrified of the people who were already living there. Yes, Canaan was a land flowing with milk and honey, but the inhabitants were giants and warlike. The spies spoke with fear, and that fear sped, spread throughout the community of the Israelites. God's people were terrified. 
And in their fear, they refused to go forward. It was because of their lack of trust in the Lord who had brought them out of Egypt that the Israelites became wanderers in that wilderness for 40 years. None of the people who were 20 years old and older would ever dwell in the land of Canaan. The only exceptions were the households of Caleb and Joshua. For Joshua and Caleb were the faithful spies who proclaimed their trust in the Lord's ability to give His people the land that He had promised. But all the rest would die in the wilderness, and only their children would enter the land of Canaan. It is one thing to travel across the wilderness to arrive at a destination, and quite another to wander around the wasteland for 40 years. The wilderness between Egypt and Canaan was a land of suffering and death. A land where they were sentenced to suffer because of their sin. A land that laid claim to their lives one by one until all had perished. And to make this reality even worse, they had actually seen the promised land on the near horizon. They had seen the beautiful destination and they had forsaken that blessing. Sin. That which exiles us from God. Sin. That which separates us from life. Sin that separates us from life and sends us into the wilderness of suffering and death. There is no escaping sin, though you and I have tried. The Israelites tried to go into Canaan without God. All of their fears were realized and they were left to wander in the wilderness to face suffering and death. You and I also attempt to conquer sin by our own merits and strength. And we too fail. And so we find ourselves lost. We find ourselves lost and wandering in this wilderness. Our sin forbids our entrance into the promised land that is flowing with milk and honey. The promised land where the Lord provides is a place where the Hebrews would live in houses they did not build and eat from vineyards and orchards that they did not plant. The land of Canaan is flowing with milk and honey where there is no lack. It is a land of plenty and perfection. The promised land. This land is not only where the Lord provides abundantly, but also a place where the Lord dwells with His people. There He's among them. This promised land of the Lord's provision and presence for Israel points us to another promised land. Canaan reminds us of another place of plenty and perfection. We know it as heaven. Truly there is no want or lack in the heavenly courts. Truly it is the place where the Lord dwells and where His people live in His presence in the rooms which have been prepared for them. But here, there is sin. There is the wilderness. So how does one exit the land of suffering and death and enter into the land of life and joy? How? This journey out of the wilderness 
must go through the waters. It must go through the waters. And for the people of Israel, the way was through the Jordan River. The way through the Jordan River is not a journey upon which they embark alone. It is not a journey they take to make themselves acceptable to God once again. It is not a journey that they plan out, work out, or carry out. This is a journey that is brought about by God. And this journey begins with the Lord leading the way. The Ark of the Covenant, the dwelling place of the Lord with His people, leads the way. And when the feet of those carrying this holy ark touch the waters of the Jordan, those waters part. And the path stands dry and wide before the people. The Lord prepares the way. The Lord leads the way. The presence of the Lord goes before Joshua and the people. The exile is over. They have journeyed from the wilderness into the land of promise. So also has the Lord our God Our Savior Jesus Christ gone before us. Jesus goes down into the waters of the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. The sinless one from God needs no cleansing, but you and I do. This is where the great exchange takes place. By His baptism, our sins are taken up and placed upon this Holy One of God. And in an act of complete reversal, Jesus takes our sins upon Himself, but not into the promised land, but rather back out into the wilderness. He goes through the waters into the wilderness, carrying our sins back to Satan. And because Christ carries our sins, we no longer do. Remember from Sunday? We are to be a faithful forgetter. St. Paul reminds us of this again in our second reading for tonight. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Those sins are in the past. And having confessed them, Christ has forgiven you. He carries them now. You no longer do. That wilderness of sin, the place of suffering and death, is no longer your dwelling place. The path has been cleared of obstacles as the journey lies ahead. The way to the promised land is open for you. It's open before you. But it is still through the waters. Now those waters have been cleansed and purified so that your baptism by these waters will grant forgiveness, life, and salvation. These waters make you a child of our Heavenly Father, as one who has been renewed and restored to His presence. You have passed through the wilderness and through the waters into the promised land of everlasting life. The journey from the wilderness to the promised land is not one you embark on alone. It is not one you plan out or work out or even carry out. It is the journey Christ first made to prepare the way for you. He has gone through the waters to prepare them for your baptism into His kingdom. And He has now gone ahead of you to prepare a place that you have not built with your own hands. 
and a great feast that you have not prepared. He has gone to the right hand of the Father to prepare a place for you that you might go to be with Him. That where He is, you may be also. To God alone be all the glory. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.